It's time for another episode of The Hartley Show. Thank you for all the support. I sincerely appreciate it. Let's get right into it. Biggie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This goes out to Biggie. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Hartley Show. As promised last week, I mentioned we'd start having guests, and has the turnout been quite well? I am booked up until March with guests, and I still have a handful of people to schedule afterwards. And I thought it would only be fair to give one of my close friends the first opportunity to be on the show. He's been dying. Holden Velasco, I'll let you introduce yourself. Dying? I mean... Who do you think you are, man? Matthew Barry? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What's up? What's up? Uh, Holman Velasco. I am a sports journalist. I write for Hardwood in Hollywood. I have a podcast there called The Run, where we talk about basketball. Me and my co-host, Chris Thomas. You know, he's a Knicks fan, and I'm a Nets fan, so we definitely get into that a little bit. Um, I write about nerd fantasy sports with Ethan. Let's go, nerds. Um, yeah, Nets fan, boxing fan, Patriot fan everything um my favorite artist not kanye west so yeah you know that's a bit about myself i know ethan just shook his head because he's a diehard kanye fan but i don't hate him but yeah that's 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 the whole nevelasco for you yeah well i'm i'm extremely excited to have you on um i'll start off with this because i know you already mentioned you're a big boxing fan and i'm i'm trying to get into boxing it's it's a little bit more complicated in my eyes than UFC because there's all these different promoters and this and that. But um, one boxer who I'm really into is Canelo. He I watched um, his fight against I believe his name was something Smith. Colin Smith. He, Colin Smith. Col- right, Colin. Colin, but it's spelled with an A. Okay, it, it's weird. Colin Smith. He picked them apart. Incredible performance. And the way I usually see UFC, especially for champs, is that you know usually you take you fight maybe twice, three times a year at the max. And that's super rare. But recently I saw yesterday that Canelo, after fighting in late December, yeah, it was the same night as the last UFC card of 2020. So maybe middle December. I saw yesterday that he's fighting again at the end of February, which I thought, wow, that's an extremely quick turnaround. And I just wanted to ask you, like, what exactly is that about? Because that seems like it's different to say the least yeah so first off you know fatigue is usually the thing you think about in a fighter but if you watch that fight i mean smith couldn't even touch canelo it was just one side of the whole way but um how boxing works is different than the ufc you know ufc there's one belt in the boxing there's multiple wbc wbo wba i mean i can go on um and what happens is each of them is a sanctioning body so they each get a belt and they each put on fights because they're basically a promotion company to say. And the WBC, which is one of the belts that Canelo has, he has the WBA and WBC. The WBC has a mandatory challenger. That means you have to fight that person before you can go and try to unify with another belt. Let's say Billy Joe Sanders. That's another person that a lot of people wanted to see Canelo fight because he's one of the best fighters in the super middleweight division. But WBC said, no, you have to fight our mandatory challenger first, which ended up being the Turkish Avin Yildirim. It's a really weird name to spell, and it looks like someone just threw up on the keyboard. But I watched a little bit of him. He's okay. I mean, Canelo's pound-for-pound king. You can't touch him. It's just ridiculous. Um, That's our GGG. You know, he had a tie for him with him. And then Floyd Mayweather, of course. I mean, it's Floyd. And Canelo was really young. I think he was 22 when he fought Floyd. So if he fought him now, you know, when they're both in their primes, then I think it would be a fight. But, you know, that's discussion for another day. But, yeah, the mandatory challenger thing, it sucks, but it's part of the business. So, yeah. So you kind of describe it like as, like, obviously it's someone they have to fight. Is it ever like like for the fans like like you make it like you make it sound like this is just like you know like uh like a pothole in the road and it's just something you have you just have to go over and regardless of competition it doesn't matter like is is the difference in competition that much to where this fight doesn't really matter or is it at least like a little bit 
exciting. Well, I mean, he's the number one challenger for the WBC for a reason. I mean, he's no scrub, but he's okay. not a world champion like Saunders. You know what I mean? But yeah. Canelo is heads and heels above basically anyone in boxing, really. Again, like I said, pound for pound king. So no matter what, it's going to be in Canelo's favor. But Yildirim compared to Sanders, it's it's a difference. I mean, there's a reason he's not a champion. So after, so let's say Canelo wins, I would say that's reasonable to assume. Yeah. Um, what exactly is next for Canelo? I mean, that's tough because we want to see a Sanders fight, right? That would be in the WBO, WBA, and WBC belts. So that's three out of the four, the other one being the IBO, IBF, I forgot which one it is. It's one of the IBs. Um, that or people have been calling for another GGG fight, Galani Golovkin. Uh, he's on the older side, but he's an absolute legend. They fought twice. Canelo won one, and then uh, there's a tie for the second one. So that's always a possibility, but with his age, I don't see it being a real fight because Canelo's really just hitting his prime at the absolute worst at the tail end debatably again just because we don't know what's going to happen in the future but it's tough that's what boxing is it's a business what if he wants to go up or down and wait you know what i mean he wants to get more belts i mean it's it's really tough to say you have to see where the money is too because he's been yeah. having legal battles with um his promoters so that's just the ugly part of the business but you never know what exactly have been like those ugly legal battles so like it's hard to so DAZN right that's one of the companies signed for and he's basically yeah. the the franchise star of them um, he signed on for a certain amount of fights I forgot what it was off the top of my head but he was upset with the amount of money he was receiving so now he's looking to other promoters to well first he tried to see if he can get more money out of them which he did but he wasn't happy with the amount so now they're still arguing about that and now he's looking to sign with other people I think Matchroom was the main one he was looking at. Matchroom is a promotional company. Um, yeah. Like Top Rank Boxing. You might know that one. Bob Arum. That uh, should ring yeah, a bell. That sounds yeah. familiar. That's the boxing promotional company. Um, so, yeah. That was the legal battle. It's still going on, sort of. And it's something I don't like to keep up with. Because I'm more about the sport than the yeah. business side. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like... That's sort of like in UFC. I feel like... The difference, especially, is in like with money and the fact that obviously you know boxers make a lot more. I mean, the prime fight you can think of is McGregor versus Floyd, which was pretty much almost for the money. I mean that I think I saw totals of upwards maybe over a hundred million. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. I don't know, but like I feel like like boxers have like a lot more freedom compared to UFC because like while there's like you like you described it as like there's so much there's like a like a bunch of other like promoters that you can sign with and they're all kind of like on the even playing field like in MMA there's there's UFC and then there's Bellator which is the little brother and then there's like all these other ones like PFL and one championship I mean one championship's on the rise because they have Demetrius Johnson but that's like about it and like all these other ones are like almost like non-existent compared to UFC so like the dream is like UFC, but I feel like in boxing you're you kind of have more flexible options. Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's the same thing. It's top heavy again. I mean obviously that's basically any sport, but yeah. it's just there's more options. It just depends. You have to be a good fighter to make money. I mean that's what the sport is. Um, you have to get noticed. You have to fight the right people because your legacy matters. If you beat a bunch of bums and you're 21 and 0, I mean no one really cares. But if you're say 12 and 3 but you beat a really good fighter who's on a mandatory challenger list on the top 10 for a promotional company, then you'll get noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. So I would ask, I would ask about something else that I saw. Um, uh, I was coming back from, uh, coming back to Eugene, and um, I wasn't able to watch the fight, but the Ryan Garcia fight, I just wanted <laughs> to touch on that because like, I feel like he he's kind of like, I feel like the social media star of boxing, like it, like if you're like if you're deep in social media, like in, and if you know any boxers, I feel like that's the first name that comes up. Yeah. At least for me, because like I can think of like the girl I took the prom, like the first boxer she told me about was him, and I feel like <laughs> it doesn't really. I don't feel like you have to be like that deep in the sport just because of his social media presence for him to make like the first 
like be the first one that you recognize. So I wanted to ask about it. he fought um, Luke, Luke Campbell. Campbell. Luke Campbell, Campbell. yeah, and um, it was for I think the like interim title, which you said like doesn't really make that much of a difference. Yeah. I feel like just the levels are all that's that's another thing like the levels are just so <laughs> different like in ufc there's the champ and if you're lucky you get an interim belt and like it's that simple but like you were telling yeah. me that like he won the the interim belt but then he also there's like something else that's completely irrelevant i mean yeah so let me read you the belts that uh brian garcia has fought for the wbc interim world light title the wbc silver light title the WBO Nabo light title, the, the, I can go on, the Super Feather title, and then there's also international titles, and then there's the British, the Commonwealth title. I mean, it's a crazy amount. It's hard to keep up with, and I don't blame you for being confused. Yeah, well, the, the silver <laughs> and then international titles, like, I'm just... <laughs> Look, if you're asking me what's going on, I don't know either. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, the easiest one to understand is international. You know, that's international prospects. Commonwealth, that's people in Britain, in England. Um, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury both held it at one point, I believe. And, you know, two of the biggest heavyweights in the world. The two best, I'll say that confidently. Um, it's tough to keep up with, but if you have a struggle, just look up boxing champions and go to the ESPN's list. It's the first thing that comes up, and it breaks it down by division, so that makes it easier to understand. He also mentioned, um, and I wanted to ask you like the health aspect because like UFC is now. I saw that they're putting in money towards like you know finding out like brain damage and how much brain damage exactly you suffer from, and trying to make it sort of kind of like following in the lines of football. Um, because you are getting punched in the head without any padding on. Yeah. You know, see, obviously, extremely dangerous. Um, he, going back to Garcia, he mentioned that he wanted to retire at 26, but then switch to MMA. Is is boxing? I mean, obviously, it's it's punching, so you're going to take more hits to the head. Is it more dangerous per se? Well, like, like what exactly is like the health aspect of boxing? Like, like the effects? Yeah. Well, I mean. It's it's hard to compare, you know, because boxing it's you're getting hit in the head and you're getting hit in the body, right? MMA you're getting hit, <laughs> you're getting choked, you everything, but you get yeah. I mean, repeated shots to the head. I mean, it's not good. It depends on the type of fighter you are, because if you're a one hit like Deontay Wilder, you know, knocking people out left and right. I mean, he has forty plus wins. But most of those wins came in two, three rounds, so he never really got hit. It really depends on the type of fighter you are. Because if you're going eight rounds, you know, every other fight, and you're giving up way too many punches, like you look at, um, damn, what the hell is his name? Not, there was this fighter. It was going to come to me, like, in ten minutes, and I'm going to piss, it's going to piss me off. Is it Barbosa? It might have been Barbosa. But he's, like, 26, and he just retired because he had uh, brain bleeding for, like, the second time. And he only fought, like, 30 fights, I believe. So, I mean, that's what happens. It's because his style of fighting was he's just no defense, but he goes straight at you with speed and just one, two, one, two, one, two, yeah. one, two, no defense. So, obviously, he took a lot of hits. You look at Muhammad Ali in the early part of his career before he was uh, he was stripped of his belt. He was, you know, he was floating like a butterfly. He rarely got hit. I think he hit 70% of the time and got hit 30% of the time. But when he came Jeez. back... Exactly. When he came back, it was 50-50. If not, he was, the power punches he was losing, it was like 60-40, I believe. Jabs was higher because, you know, that was always his thing. So really, it comes down to who you are. And, I mean, there's precedence to what happens with that. Yeah, I kind of, um, that's sort of the same in UFC. I feel like submissions are much better on your head, per se. I mean... Certainly, you're, you're suffocating, and that could certainly cause problems because you know the body's just not built to do that. But I I, I remember this um, from uh, two fifty five, I think, when it was Habib Yechi. Habib was telling that like mid fight, um, 
he switched up his um, submission attempt. I believe he was going to do a choke to it, and he went to an arm triangle because he knew Gaethje's parents were, um, they went with him in the bubble, so they were there to watch, and he wanted, like, to be, like, nicer, I guess. Uh-huh. Or, or, like, like it was it was something related to health, and, it, and, like, he, like, wanted to, like, lighten, I guess, like, the load and from taking a, uh, a type of choke compared to an arm triangle, which yeah. I just thought, you know, th- thinking that, like, that's what you're thinking in the middle of your fight is just kind of a little weird. Yeah, crazy to me. But I yeah. mean, like, when you're that good and he... Yeah. He he made that shit look effortless, but like that's that's just what I was thinking. Of. And then and then um afterwards, Keiichi was like, "Yeah, thanks, thanks for thanks for doing that." Because you know, Keiichi's the one to stand up and bang, and obviously that will yeah tear tear you up. Yeah. He going back to Garcia as well. He also mentioned that he wants to switch to MMA. Well, what, what do you think the odds of that are? Well, I mean. Oh, I found out the boxer's name was Alex Sacedo, and he was 32. But with Garcia, I mean, obviously he's going to probably be the best boxer in the division he goes into, no matter what. Ridiculous speed. I mean, he, he's one of the fastest in his division, and arguably in boxing, if not the. But you can't rely so much on just boxing, because yeah, if no. someone takes him down, I mean, what the fuck's going to happen? But then the thing is, let's say he, he does go at 26, right? He retires from boxing. Is he going to go into UFC right away? Or MMA, I'll say, to be fair. Is he going to go into it right away? Or is he going to take a year or two off to work on everything else? Because you can't rely on just one thing, even though, granted, yeah. he is, for MMA standards, he's great at that. Yeah. Especially just kicks and takedown defense. I feel like there are simple basics you have to get a grip on. Or, I mean, like, one takedown of what are you going to do? Like, punch off your back? He, <laughs> he never never done that because that's just completely non-existent in boxing. Uh, what, what weight... Is he? I, I just want to compare him to other people in the in the division. Assuming he sticks at the same weight, <laughs> I feel like it might be a little bit different. Yeah, uh, lightweight. Was it one fifty five? Oh, 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 I, oh! You mean actual weight? Yeah, because I feel like uh, UFC. I wouldn't be surprised. UFC weight classes are much different than boxing weight classes. Yeah, lightweight is um. Was it one one thirty two? 132 pounds. Yeah. Wow. So he'd be, he'd be Bantamweight, which is the second wildest. Welterweight is 150. Okay. So that's, that's lightweight in UFC then. Yeah. So UFC is lighter than boxing, which makes sense because there's so much, it's more complex in terms of what you're allowed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Bantamweight. How, how tall is he? 5'10. Let me look up. He's 5'10 with his 70 reach. Damn, five to the center reach. <laughs> I want to compare him to the height of the current champ, Peter Yan. Peter Yan. Yeah, I know. Last name sounds familiar. I see. I'm not a UFC fan. Five seven, <laughs> sixty seven. Wow. So he's he would be bigger, in that sense. Let me compare him to Sean O'Malley, who I know is very big in terms of height and reach for that division. Sean's five eleven, so he would yeah. In terms of like size comparison, he he'd fit in well. Yeah, the weight would be a, a little bit different because that's technically a um, a heavier weight class um, in boxing than UFC. Yeah. Um, so let's let's switch to basketball. You're you're a big Brooklyn fan, obviously. <laughs> they made I talked about it last week. They they. The way I phrased it in both um, my article on Nerd Fantasy Sports, because I did every week um, for other notes, I do an, an opinion every single week. So I thought it was only reasonable to talk about that. Um, I described that James Harden trade as putting like their, their, their life or death at this point. Like, like they put all their eggs in one basket, which, you know, can obviously pay off really well or can really, really, really fuck you over. It's in saying that lightly i mean it it could certainly have the same circumstances as when they traded for paul pierce and kevin garnett obviously you know james harden is way different he's way more in his prime those guys were right at the tail end but you know clearly playing well enough to be traded for that many picks what what do you see 
What, what were your initial thoughts? Let, let, let's let's talk about the games later that we've already seen James Harden play. At the very beginning, what what were you thinking? Holy shit! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so you know when the Woj bomb came, because it was either it was either going to be the Philly or it was going to be Brooklyn, and then it said Brooklyn. I was just staring at my computer like, okay, what do we give up? And then it dropped Levert, Allen, four picks, four swaps. I'm like, holy, unprotected. I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, like for the first day, I couldn't really give you an opinion because I was so shell-shocked. Honestly, more than when KD and Kyrie came because that was pure joy when they came. Oh, my God, forget I was bouncing off the roof. We got ice cream to celebrate. But when Harden came, I'm like, uh, 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 I didn't know. And then the first thought was, okay. Like, my first legitimate thought was, okay, you do not have to play defense if you can outscore them because we have no defenders on this team. That was was my initial thoughts. What about you? Yeah, I would, yeah, definitely saying the same thing. I mean, you were talking about it, that Bruce Brown is now your best defender. And that's not something to be proud of to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, Bruce Brown is is a good defender. I mean, he's a starter yeah. in Detroit. He's a good defender. Some stats. Um, when Bruce Brown plays less than twenty minutes, we are three and six, and when he plays more than twenty minutes, we are six and one. So there's that. Um, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen was our best defender inside, and wasn't even debate debate. Though De- DeAndre Jordan has picked it up, I'll give him props for that because I was shitting on him so bad. Oh yeah, every everybody was. He was. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he. I thought he was at the point where he'd be a, a bona fide backup, just because Allen was playing so well. And literally right before um, Allen got traded, he had that uh, monster game against Gobert when they played Utah, and he absolutely shit on him. And you know, I thought, you know, this guy needs to be paid. Yeah. He's gonna get paid somewhere else. And you know, they were smart to ship him out beforehand because now, I mean, they're they're drowning and. Yeah, we don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't have money. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Yeah. In terms of in terms of this system, I've I've been pretty vocal on this. It's it's certainly complicated to figure it out because you so you know people like to compare this to um seventy two and nine or seventy three and nine Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry. Um, I'm thinking after that when when Durant was there, I th- I felt that that team matched up much better system wise because you still had two players that didn't really need the ball in their hands to be good. I mean, Clay Thompson was just strictly catch and shoot, and Draymond Green barely scored. He was he was defense and you know everything else but scoring. Now you have three players all who need the basketball in their hand. I mean, I mean that's that's undeniable. Well, well how do you think? this is going to fit. Well, first off, I don't think you can compare the Warriors and the Nets. You just can't. Individually, um, Harden is better than Thompson. Curry is obviously better than Kyrie. And like you said, the play styles are different. But when it was just, when Kyrie was out, you know, for personal reasons, um, it was beautiful. Uh, It was beautiful. The ball moved between people just so flawlessly because the narrative in the media is that Oh, they're isolation players. They can't play together. No, if you actually watch the games, Harden is looking to pass more than he is looking to shoot. Same with Kevin Durant. He's always looking up. Joey Buckets, you know, my favorite player on the team, Joe Harris. Um, he's cutting behind the back. He's cutting back door. He's coming off screens. You know, he's moving like Reggie Miller. I mean, it's beautiful. But the thing is, we don't have that Draymond Green. I mean, no disrespect to Jeff Green, you know. Tito Jep, that's what we call him in my household, you know, the Filipino household, uh, shooting 51% from three-point land. Um, it, it's it's tough because last game of uh, last game against the Cavaliers we played them tonight though I can't wait to see that um, the offense was so stagnant with Kyrie because Harden and Durant when they're playing like I said the ball was moving nicely when Kyrie Kyrie was there I'm like all right that's it because majority of the time he just went to go ISO don't get me wrong he's one of the best ISO players in the world and that's known but. It just stagnated to the offense so much to the point where it was like, shit, I can't watch this. And that's the thing that scares me because this isn't, well, let me say this, this isn't 2K 
chemistry matters and practicing matters. You can't just throw together a god squad and go out there and win every single game. That's not how the NBA works. I think Harden's only only practiced two times since we're, we're recording this. Two or three times. You know, Kyrie, he's been out. Kevin Durant is like taken off today for load management. He played 50 minutes yet yeah, last, yeah, last, yeah, I almost said yesterday, last game. It's tough, but I think I'd rather suffer now to reap the rewards later. Yeah, I I watched the Milwaukee game when it was just Harden and Durant, and I could, I mean, they won the game against at least arguably top three, arguably, top three yeah, at least, yeah, easy. <laughs> Easy top three. And, you know, they look great, and I felt they won. I think it came down. I think it still came down to the final shot, but they were they were ahead, I believe, most of the game. Like, like, like they were – it was – like you said, it was, it was fluent. You know, everybody was involved. It, it seemed to fit. But then Kyrie came back, and now most, most people, obviously, because it's the internet, love to throw their hands in the air and say, you know, Brooklyn just fucked themselves over. I don't think that, obviously, because like you said, Harden only practiced twice – Kevin Durant's off tonight, and Kyrie, you know, had the whole social justice, which is great, but then also, you know, the sister, sister birthday thing where he wasn't wearing a mask, which is certainly questionable. Also agreeing with what you said, that it, it'll, it'll come together. Like you said, chemistry matters, and they'll figure it out. If someone takes the backseat role in terms of scoring, who do you think that's going to be? Harden. I mean, he's playing minutes with the second unit, and he's so selfless. It's beautiful. I mean, he's the uh, he's technically let's say he's the odd man out for the worst. I can't think of a better term, but he's played the most minutes with the second unit, and it's worked. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, Kevin Durant's obviously first option. I don't care what you say. But we have to see what Kyrie does when he comes back. Like, when they're really back, not just one game. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, I'll say Harden. I, yeah, I think, I, think that's a, I think that's a fair guess. Also because I would say he's, he's easily the most passive player. I mean, he... Was it last year when he led the league in assists? Yeah, see, that's another thing. People don't ever really talk about that. Um, I think it yeah. was last year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He definitely did one year because I remember writing on him and checking basketball reference, seeing it was that. two years ago. Two years. Two ago. years. It was. He did it twice. He did it in what is that? That is twenty twenty one and sixteen seventeen. And the last season he averaged ten. Yeah, I mean, clear. Yeah, clearly he's passive, and I think he's around just in terms of shooting wise, which is the most common way to get an assist, especially in today's game. Yeah. He's 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 around the same kind of players, I'd say, in terms of talent wise. I mean certainly it was more I mean Houston last year was just strictly three ball, but now you know it's a lot more dynamic. But you know, um Joe Harris, Kyrie can shoot, Kevin can shoot. Everyone Andrew Shamet. Everyone yeah. can shoot on this team. Yeah. Except DeAndre Jordan, but Hey, come on. No, but I actually I read this wrong because you know I'm stupid. He's actually leading the league in assists this year. And it was sixteen seventeen still that remains. He's averaging twelve point seven assists with the Nets so far. Which I didn't even know. <laughs> Break, breaking news as I read this. Okay. Um you'll you'll I don't I don't know how you feel about this, but you'll you'll certainly have an impact. Um Matt Patricia's coming back to New England. All right, I like them. I don't have a problem with it. As or to assist on the coaching staff, I don't know. That's about to say what position? Not what position? Which uh, coaching job is he taking? Let's read more. Let's talk football. What What do you think about New England? Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! All right, first <laughs> off, first off, let me say, I'm sorry to everyone that. I ragged on when we were good, except Giants fans. Fuck you. But Jesus Christ. Okay, so first we have to talk, talk talk about Cam Newton because that's the number one thing that people are divided about, both in New England and the NFL. He fucking sucks, okay? He can't throw more than 15 yards without underthrowing it. I mean, it's a miracle that he could fucking, whenever he makes a pass, that's more than 15 yards to Jacoby Myers. Like, I get it. Our roster is terrible. Our receiving core, rather, is terrible. 
but that doesn't make an excuse for underthrowing or overthrowing it. He has no po- pocket presence. I mean, just throw the fucking ball away. If someone's rushing you, just throw the ball away. That's what Brady did last year, but people said, you know, the narrative was, oh, he sucks now. No, he's getting rid of the ball because there's nothing there. Cam Newton just sits there, just putting his head back and forth until he gets sacked. That already runs for 10 yards, you know. I don't complain about that. But uh, we have the third most amount of money this offseason, $60 million. We have two first-rounders, and we have three opt-outs coming back, like three main opt-outs. Um, Mason, Shaq Mason, Patrick Chung, two starters. Uh, Dante Hightower, our best defensive player. So it's tough what we want to do because we need to figure out the quarterback situation. You know, Matthew Stafford, that's one. Long shot, De- uh, DeAndre. Deshaun Watson, that's another one. Um, then we have to figure out the receiving corpse. Allen Robinson's the one I want. Uh, I believe Galladay said he wants to stay in Detroit. If not, then that's another one. I mean, it's tough, but the pieces are there, you know, and I trust Belichick, except when it comes to drafting, but I ch- in the first round. I don't trust Belichick in the first round. But with Belichick, I trust him with basically everything else. So, I mean, we'll see. I can't give my opinion on what I think is going to happen because, truthfully, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and if anyone does, says that they do, they don't. They're lying to you. Uh, I missed you Tom mentioned Brady. that people in uh, people are split on Cam Newton in New England. Do people actually think he should get another year? Yeah. Oh yeah. No people. People are so high on him. Like, oh, it's his receivers. Um, it's just his first year. He didn't get to practice enough. Oh, no. I mean, look, that's the case. The practice. That's a that's a fair argument. But that was one week. I mean, he threw. I think it was forty yards and three picks one game. He averaged the least. Oh my God, it's disgusting. I mean, oh, those those games were horrendous. I remember. Um, I think one of his worst games ever. I had him starting because in, in fantasy, because Russell Wilson was on my bye week and her on his bye week, and I was just, I was horrified. I'm like, this <laughs> is horrible. seriously bad. Yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't crazy hound and coming back because he had two shoulder surgeries and I think both were on the throwing arm, and that obviously fucks you up because. That's the main part of throwing a football, and if if you mess that shit up, which apparently he did enough to get two soldier soul <laughs> shoulder surgeries, I don't think there's much debate that he is really going to be like that MVP he was. He was great against the Seattle game, but come to learn that that defense actually sucks. Yeah. That was a prime game right there. But that's crazy. People actually th- like. People think you should get another year. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be entirely opposed to it, just because. What 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 picks do you have in the first round? Shit, man. Uh, thirteen to fifteen. I forgot which one. And I think we have one on the later end. Okay, so I was gonna say. I mean, there are some pretty good receivers throughout this class. They're mainly top heavy, because Jamar Chase, Waddle, and Harris are likely gonna go. All top ten, which you would have to trade up for. Maybe actually give him some other weapons. I think that'd be my my advice. No, anything. please no. I can't watch another year of that. <laughs> it's so bad. He threw what was it? Uh, eight touchdowns the whole season and threw ten picks. And three of those passing touchdowns came against the Jets in the last week. So really, he threw like five, five in basically sixteen games. Yeah, well, fifteen because, but it was it was bad. I mean, it was disgusting to watch. I miss Tom Brady so much. Seeing him play with the Buccaneers and fucking conference finals. <laughs> I mean, it's depressing. It truly is. <laughs> at least I have the Nets now. That's that's the way I look at it. Uh, yeah, I have the yeah. Nets now. So you know, you give and take. Because when the the, uh, the Bucks, when the Patriots are great, that sucked. Now, when the Patriots suck, the Nets are great. I mean, give and take. What do you think about throwing Jared Stidham out there? He sucks. But <laughs> so so in the beginning, right, New England, before we signed Cam, New England was saying, oh, we like our guy, Stidham. We trust him. And then they signed Cam. And then it's like, okay, they said they like Stidham, so I'm going to go with it because you never really got to see him play. And I'm not there training camp every day. I wish I was, but I'm not. So I can't give a truthful opinion on that. But then when he played, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, he's terrible decision maker 
Here's one. Such a bad overthrow. I think it was like maybe 10 yards he overthrew someone. I mean, I kind of laughed because it wasn't even a close game at that point. I think Was it the Rams game? I don't even remember. But no, it's not him. <laughs> it's not him. What do you think about... So I've, I've read the, the common theme that um, Garoppolo's done in San Francisco. He's he's just hurt too often. They're they're never gonna win if they. I mean, they have like one of the most complete rosters when healthy. I'd say, and you know, it's it's the quarterback always holding them back. So I've heard they'll likely ship him off. Reunion. I mean, maybe. It's tough to say. Like you said, the injury thing, that's always tough, but he's better than Stidham. You know, debatably better than Cam, but again, you know, great rushing quarterback, Cam. And he has more uh, experience under the recent playbook, even though how much should it really change from year to year? I don't know. I can't tell you. Mainly, the thing that, that changed since Garoppolo was there is we're more of a rushing team now. I mean, you have studs in the backfield. Damian Harris, Sonny Michelle, Burkhead, J.J. Taylor. No, that's a meme. I'm kidding. He's, he's fast. But it's tough because he's used to, Garoppolo's used to the passing New England. Now we're the rushing New England. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't know if that's the solution to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Okay, so with that being said, what is New England's move going forward at quarterback? I mean, if you want to think long-term, Deshaun Watson, but I've been hearing rumblings about him and the Jets, which would be crazy and genuinely extremely upsetting. I might cry. Um, Stafford's another option. It's tough. I mean... We're in a tough position, but we have the assets. That's a thing. So maybe New England does something crazy. Maybe we'll move up in the draft, and let's say we get, I don't fucking know. Let's say we get Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and they turn out to be the next Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you can't say. It's tough. I mean, I don't know. I, I miss Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I think you speak for all of New England as they watch um, NFC Championship game this weekend against Green Bay. Actually, no, uh, you'd be surprised. Some people are rooting against the Bucks. I mean, that's just toxic because they don't want Brady to win with another team. Fuck off. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I could get that. I mean, he, he brought you six rings. Yeah. No, no, no reason to fuss about it. At least you're not the Eagles. <laughs> that one I can agree I with. Mean, it's 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 a shit show. I'll be talking about it next week. I'll have a big big Philly sports fan on next week, so I won't I won't I won't say too much. But it's 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 awful. It's. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong about Nick Sirianni. I think that's how you say his name. I need to double check before I butcher it. <laughs> Oh, pronunciations. But you can tell um, the Sixers fan. Yes. Tell them them that we beat the Sixers without Kevin Durant, Kyrie, or Harden. Just do that for me. (laughs) We were screwed that game. I don't don't, don't even know who played, but... Everyone was playing. Your team was healthy. so, So, yeah, I... I'll, I'll just I'll just give quick thoughts mm-hmm. on Sirianni. I mean, there. I I don't know how how I feel. It so I know this. It is it is clear they they are trying to save Wentz, and I would say str- it's strictly that for a financial reason because you you can't trade them. I mean, they take like a thirty million dollar cap hit. I mean that's that's insane if they trade him. Yeah. And who knows what you'll get? Maybe a, maybe a third. 
I mean, he was he was horrendous. So you you can I mean they they hired someone who was you know Colts offensive coordinator Frank Frank Wright used to be Eagles offensive coordinator who's now the head coach who was like the savior for Wentz you could say I mean now you look at it and that was when the two lined up that was that was when we won it's just scary like (laughs) like I'm like I'm I'm nervous like I and then you still have Jalen Hurts stunned yeah he's good so if you're getting a head coach to appeal to Wentz what do you do with him trade him to New England (laughs) I I I keep hearing that and I'm like well you are running a big risk because what if it's not just a coaching thing that's wrong with Wentz what if he's just what if he's just done Hey, it's better than Stidham. Sometimes you don't know. You know what keeps me up at night? The fact that Carson Wentz has a Super Bowl ring that keeps me up at night. How? I, I just think about it because you watch him now, and I'm like, this motherfucker won a Super Bowl. Okay, well that's fair. You, you, yeah. I mean, you watch him now. And no, 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 no. He, he was good. The year they won, he, don't get oh, you know. I'm not, insane. you know, really insane. good. But then you look at him now. I'm like, what, two or three years removed from a Super Bowl win? I'm like, oh my god, you know, Big Dick Nick. I mean, obviously that's 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 the guy, but um, <laughs> it keeps me up at night. Yeah, I would say what keeps me up and keeps me up at night is just what the hell they're gonna do because <laughs> this roster is only getting older. I mean, Kelsey, I feel like is, I mean, well. Not even just Kelsey. I feel like the whole offensive line is is gonna come crashing down any minute now. I mean, Brandon Brooks just tore his Achilles, I think, again, and missed all of this season. Kelsey, I think, is gonna retire. Lane Johnson is just barely plays. It's it's frightening. And Peters stinks. I mean, he's done. I don't know why we brought him back. It was cool to see him play one more season, but I mean, he just got trashed on. <laughs> at both positions when he was playing guard and tackle. And then Dillard, our first-round pick last year, got hurt. He didn't play all year, so who knows? I mean, there's – it's just straight backups. And Kelsey, who's – I think he's 30 <laughs> – 32 or 36. That's a big 32, difference. Yeah, 32 sounds more reasonable, but – 33. Yeah, I was going to say, 36 is really old. And he might have played this last year. Yeah. It's, 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 I, I can't think of a franchise that's in more of a shit show than Philadelphia. Than the Eagles. You see, normally I would say the Jets, but that's not the case anymore. Yeah, they're just, they're straight garbage. Like, not, <laughs> not only are we straight garbage, but we have horrible cap situations and we, we don't know what we're going to do at quarterback well I mean and Jeffrey and Jeffrey Lurie still owns this team and Howie Roseman is still the general manager I mean I what what good thing can you say about Philadelphia Jalen Hurts is an absolute stud but will he even play like, like um, that's the thing like you <laughs> like you can say that but then he might he might just get benched at the beginning of the year hey, he's a good thing about the franchise but is the franchise good that's what I'm saying and, other, and you you can't say anything else uh what's his face no wait I'm thinking of someone else yeah I mean you could say Fletcher Cox is good but that defensive line is very underperforming and extremely overpaid. I mean, Har- Hargrave was average. Derek Barnett's probably not coming back. Brandon Graham was good. I'll say that. Okay, there's there's one other thing I can find. <laughs> Brandon Graham was really good this year, as as he needed to be, or that was also going to be just another horrible thing. I mean, Darius Darius Slay was okay. He he clearly needs help. He's a He's good, but again, he's by himself out there because Vontae Maddox is a borderline number two corner. Safeties are done. Travis Fulgham. Jalen Mills sucks. 
He, okay. The, this also drives me crazy. So <laughs> he was great those those four games. <laughs> then the bye week rolls around, and he's he's just gone. I'm trying to help you Damn. here. <laughs> oh, I know you're trying to help me, but I I my head is so far up this team's ass that that I I see all the ins and outs of how screwed up everything is. I mean it's. Like well, like like what happened? Like he didn't get hurt. He, like, I'm 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 pulling this up. It's it's really it's. Okay, here we go. So we played uh, week four to week eight. Let's let's look at these average stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually won't let me. Okay, so he had from week four to or yeah, week four to week eight, four touchdowns. Um, only one game below seventy yards. Uh, one game he had one hundred fifty-two yards and a touchdown. I mean, that, that's insane. He he looked like the the future number one. Week ten to the end of the season, zero touchdowns. Uh, no game with more than three receptions. And no game with more than 30 yards. He was a good pickup on the waiver wire for those games. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for four weeks. And then, like, I don't know, Doug went vacationing somewhere, maybe snorted a line and thought, the fuck's wrong with me? Travis Fulgham sucks. I'm, I'm not going to play him. Actually, that, that makes me think of a question. What do you think about the whole Giants in the playoff situation? <laughs> that is a good question. So there's, there's, um, my neighbor freshman year was is a Giants fan. He's from Vermont, and he was he was pissed, and I I, I laughed at him because I I mean to to whatever Giants fans want to say, I I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care one bit what you, what you have to say. You can shit on me all you want. I I actually feel pretty proud that we that for how bad we were, we were still able to fuck up someone else's season. But in terms of like like let's just strictly look at the game. I don't know who, not who. I don't know if Doug seriously thought putting in Sudfeld was a good idea, or someone just said. Listen, we move up three spots. If we lose this game, make it happen. Which makes sense. Th- that does make sense, and I I, I feel like because Jayla wasn't playing good. Well, sorry. <laughs> but I I mean it's also scary in my mind to think that putting in Nate Sudfeld to try and win a game is a good idea. Because because that doesn't win you that that obviously doesn't win you a game at all. Like you do that to tank on purpose. And I mean, he in in press conferences the next day. I remember listening to the radio. He's like, "I was trying to win that game." And I'm like, "There's no there's no way you were. There's no way you could have been." Because putting in Nate Sudfeld is a horrible idea. Like that 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 just doesn't that. Which I mean, thankfully, I don't I don't have to worry about it anymore. Because thank God. Jeffrey Laurie actually pulled his head out of the gutter and said, "Yeah, this guy sucks. He needs to go." Because I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if you remember seeing me post this, but he almost stayed. Yeah, I remember that. And it was, <laughs> I was like, "You, I, I, that I think that was probably one of my my lowest points in life." Because I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me! What what are you watching?" No, I'm, I'm talking too much. I, 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 gotta, I gotta save it for next week. But I mean, I, I, I still feel indifferent about this hire. I, I can't think of someone who would have been better. I would have liked Chiefs offensive coordinator, but I know there are complications with trying to hire someone during the playoffs when they're still playing. I hope he becomes a head coach. I've, I've read some of like you know the whole racial issues, which I don't, I don't want to take a dive into talk about politics last week i'd like to take a break off this week i feel like there's obviously the nfl makes makes that stuff political so i feel like it falls in that bubble i it's it i i feel like i should be excited for somebody but i 
it's like you solve one thing and then you know you you move down the list and then you you look again and it's just it's endless i i can't think of one positive thing that's going in philadelphia's in the eagles organization i'll see i'll save you from yourself so you can talk about this next week with your philly fan um let's shift back to basketball also to save you from your misery you want to talk about mvp who's your mvp pick Pick. Well, I'll talk about mine See, first. I'll talk about mine first so you yeah, can think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get you think of Jokic. I mean, that's an obvious one. But I want to bring up Kevin Durant. So listen to these numbers. 31 points per game, 8 rebounds per game, 6 assists per game, a steal and a block per game, shooting 53% from the field, 47% from 3, and 87% from the free throw line. And obviously Brooklyn is going to be a very good team. You know, which is basically a criteria at this point. Yeah. I don't hear anyone talking sure. about MVP. I think that's completely disrespectful when you look at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I haven't read like a single MVP related article. Like, usually I feel like now, I mean, it's already been a month. I feel like I, sh- I should be seeing more, but I don't know. I keep reading about like canceled games and shit. Yeah, that's another thing. For COVID me, is telling you about. Yeah, we, we could talk about that because I, I actually have a lot to say about that. I'll get my pick. Jokic is really good. I mean, I... Don't say it. I know who you're going to say. I know it. Don't say it. <laughs> if, if if you gave a biased pick, I, I mean, certainly it's not. He wasn't my pick. An, an, an incredible player. He wasn't my pick. <laughs> who's, who's Jokic. Pick? But I'm saying Durant deserves to be talked about. Okay, that's fair. Well, I'll just say it. I think Embiid has to be top three. I'll give you top five, top three. I don't know. You can you can name me four better players who should deserve. See, but that's the thing that's debatable because it's so close. You know what I mean? That is fair. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing when people ask you who's the top ten basketball players of all time. It's so interchangeable because it's so close. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think if I can name. Four. Kevin and Giannis are definitely LeBron Kevin and Jokic are definitely one. You can make a case for Giannis. Let me see what LeBron's doing this year. All I know is he is the number one small forward in fantasy basketball, and I got him in like the second round somehow, and I am happy about that. Similar numbers as before. And they're the best team in the NBA. That's true. Um. Kawhi. Damian Lillard. Kawhi is still up there. Steph, Steph Curry. That's what I'm saying. It's so interchangeable. It's so tough. It it's is, so tough. Yeah. But, I mean, I just feel so – I mean, Luka, that's another one. I mean, I feel so disrespected that no one is talking about Kevin Durant. Jeez, Jokic is – or not Jokic. I know Jokic is averaging a triple-double. Dantich is – Half an assist off from averaging a triple double. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, similar numbers between the two. Yeah. Porzingis is back now, so there's that. Yeah, I think that only helps him because he, especially because without Porzingis, he's just surrounded by shooters. So to have someone who is a little more dynamic definitely helps. Yeah. Dallas, I, I still think they need a third star who fits like a scoring type. Like, I think Bradley Beal, if you want to go all in, I think Levine isn't a terrible option as well. I mean, that's the thing with the NBA today. You can't just have two stars. You have to have three stars and a team around them or two great stars, i.e. the Los Angeles Lakers, with a team around them. I mean, that was what it was last year. And and Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is kind of in that same boat. I think we're a lot deeper than we were last year, mainly because we unloaded Al Horford and we were able to, you know, we, we signed Dwight. We... Well, this is Maxie's really good. Yeah, Maxie's great, man. But uh, Ben Simmons has disappointed. Yeah, nonetheless, uh, it's I'm I'm so for for what Houston wanted, I would not have made the trade if if I'm remembering it correctly. It was Simmons, Maxie, Thibel, and three first round picks. I think it might have been four. I think that's which is ridiculous. <laughs> Jeez, I don't. I, 
I feel like that's so much more than what you guys gave up. I mean, four four pick swaps is still a lot, but I mean, Lavert's good and Allen good, but I think Simmons. Sorry, my neighbors are <laughs> yapping. I hope the audio isn't picking it up, but it is what it is. Um, I mean, Jokic or not Jokic, Lavert and Allen. I don't think have the same value as Simmons, Maxi, and Todd. Well, Ben Simmons is a proven all-star. Levert is a yes. bubble all-star. Jared Allen is one of the best interior, young interior centers, but then you have Dipo and Maxi just from pure two players, and they're so young. I mean, it's hard to compare yeah. those two, but it's easier to compare Simmons and Levert, but then Maxi and Dipo or better than Allen and, just yeah, yeah and and that their value could skyrocket five exactly and we don't even know yeah, what they are going to be the other thing. yeah that's that's the other thing because because is is interesting because he he's he's being played more often now but in the beginning of the season when everyone was healthy I have a feeling since Curry is coming back tonight that he might be bumped out of the rotation he's just not playing it's 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 interesting I'm I'm a little concerned for it, I guess, for him because I I really like him. I think it's it's hard to say this now. I mean, I, I would have been a lot more um, a lot more confident early on the season, but I think he's our small forward going forward defensively. And you know, going going back to the Harden trade, kind of just like what you guys are now. I mean, no defense. No. I mean, the starting lineup would have been Harden, Milton, oh no, Curry, Green, Tobias, and Embiid. Our only defense would have been Embiid. I mean, it would have been virtually gone. And, I, you know, you guys have three um, superstars. Well, Embiid's great, but it's not on the same level offensively. So like the, the idea that you can just outscore your opponents to win, I, I'm not as confident in as hard in being in Brooklyn as hard in being in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean we have the best scoring trio of all time. Yeah, no yeah. question. I, I listened I listened to the run podcast and you were naming off numbers and it was Yeah, I'll I'll give those numbers down. now. It's it is the run. Um so Curry, Katie Thompson, you know, that's the first big three you think of. All the career averages put together, 71 points. Then you think of Braun, Wade, and Bosch, that's 68. Magic, Kareem, and Worthy, 62. Jordan, Pippen, and Kuja, just because we don't have anyone else, 58. Bird, Mikhail, Parrish, 57. Kobe, Shaq, and uh, Horry is 56. And then Harden, KD, and Irving is 75. And KD's has this is averaging the second most points in the league this year, I believe. Top three, at least. Yes, the second most, and then Kyrie Irving is third, and James Harden is thirteen. So that's the quick math. Let's do this: thirty-one plus twenty-eight. That is fifty-nine between Durant and Irving, and then Harden is giving us twenty-six, which is eighty-five points per game just between the three of them. Hey, you don't have to play defense if you can outscore it. Yeah, no, you you don't. Oh my god! And and you know, just comparing them to the Lakers, strictly offensively, I mean, they they can't they can't match up with that. They they can't. I I can say that with confidence. They I don't think they could, and just strictly outscore their opponent. Like they would have to play defense, which you know, both Anthony Anthony Davis and LeBron are great. You know, Marcus Saul is known as the Embiid stopper. I don't know what he's like <laughs> against other bigs, but I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year uh, a while ago, but you know, still won it. You know, it's, it's going to have to be defense, assuming they match up in the finals, which you know, that's not completely like outrageous to say. Yeah, they're going to have to play defense. One, one, one last thing I, I, I did want to talk about: Co- COVID, COVID in the NBA. It, it drives me nuts. To, to say the least, because I, and I wrote about this also on the Nerd Fantasy Sports column, I think last week I talked about it. 
I was reading that the league was considering going into the season adding four two-way spots instead of just two like they've done this past year and they're continuing to do now. I, I think it's ridiculous that I'll, I'll, I'll take the Sixers for example. So Curry, Curry tested positive and all of a sudden seven players are out yeah and and i and i get you gotta you gotta do your your shit and make sure you're not spreading covid which thankfully no one else got it from curry but if that's going to be the case and your league minimum is eight players you 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 have to expand the rosters it it can't be one player gets a positive test and all of a sudden you're you're canceling games or in this case when we played denver which was I mean, we only lost by 12, which is shocking, but that was expected to be blowout because they were fully healthy and we had really had seven players because <laughs> this is funny. So Mike, Mike Scott was injured and he's, he's still hurt now, but Doc Rivers was forced to dress him just so they can play the game and he didn't play. So we really only had seven players. I feel like you have to expand the rosters and add what, what I've read is two more additional two-way spots. I think it's just ridiculous that one positive test can knock you out like i mean in all the sports you know baseball and hockey just started i i haven't read too much on those details but nfl mlb i mean one player gets tested test positive and they're still playing games like it should it shouldn't be that in the nba and i get it's it's less players but you gotta find a way to stop canceling these games and i think i don't know why they haven't done it yet but i think you gotta expand the rosters, there's no question. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards haven't played in two weeks. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's tough. It sucks. And can I quickly go back to Brooklyn for a second? Because yeah. we were talking about the defense and, you know, what's next, how do we adjust. As much as I hate that we're changing up the roster so much purely because chemistry is going to be fucked up, we still do have two spots we have to fill by next Saturday, you know, because of the Harden trade and stuff. So, mm-hmm. some notable people that I think could really help us is Ilya Silva, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Andre Roberson, and Demar Carroll. Those are some names that I would be very happy with. And two of those, yeah, we need to sign two of those. Have been in have been in Brooklyn. I was going to say, and not too long ago. So yeah, and we signed someone from the Sixers who used to play on the Sixers, yeah, uh, uh, Norvell Powell. Yeah, Norvell Powell. Who, what do you think about him? Tell me, because I'm not educated. He's I he he was a, he was a two way player last year. He was signed at the end of the year after we made some trades. I I like him. I think especially because Claxton is hurt, correct? Yeah. I think he easily enters in as your backup center. I think that's what, that's what you should expect. Once he practices a little bit, I'd say, I don't know what the, how long class is, is, is expected to be out, but I would assume that maybe down the line, if, if Claxton continues to improve, I think he'll jump Pell. But I think, I think it's no question to say that Pell automatically enters in as your backup center, especially because Jeff Green is currently your backup center. And it, that's, that is false. It is Reggie Perry, the rookie out of Michigan. He is so... No, no, no. He is so good. He has impressed me so much because he can move. He is so fast. The only thing that sucks is he's a rookie and he seems lost at times. How tall is he? 6'10", I believe. 6'11". Oh, okay. Um, he can so shoot. I, I would say he, he can yeah, rebound. I'll take back what I said. But um, I don't know. It's tough. But once Klatsing's back, he'll take this the backup spot easily. And he's one of those players that I'm just so high on. I think he has insane potential. Like it's become a joke between me and uh, on the run with Chris Thomas. It's become a meme. But like in all seriousness, he has insane potential. He's not going to be Kevin Durant, but he has that play style. He's seven foot. He can shoot. He can handle obviously can go inside so he's the potential is there and if he fulfills it jesus christ even if he's just 15 points per game but he plays like kevin durant imagine having that imagine having that and kevin durant on the same team i mean you can't guard that i mean one of the things i guess is once durant's looking at the basket you just gotta pray he misses because he has like an eight foot wingspan it's ridiculous yeah but sorry that that Kevin is one of my favorite players in terms of just 
the talent and skill that he possesses. I mean, it's it's insane to be. I don't think we'll ever know his real height until afterwards, but I'll say seven feet in shoes. Yeah, seven foot with confidence. Do do doing what he does. Ah, it's beautiful. In, insane. Yeah. I've never really appreciated it. Like, obviously, I appreciated him, but once he's on our team, you just I just keep seeing him play like every other day. Oh, you, you see it more. So yeah. beautiful. Like, uh, yeah, I I can say that with Jimmy Butler when he came. Like, I was like. You know, he worked his way out of Chicago, and then he had the whole thing in Minnesota. And I was like, I was really skeptical on him coming in. And you know, when he came in, you know, there were certainly the struggles offensively, him trying to fit in. He wasn't getting the shots up, but you could see, like, what he gave, like, in terms of the character that he is. I, I, I if if there's one person I miss in Philadelphia, it's Jimmy Butler because he's a he's a Philadelphia kid. Yeah, he 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 fits the personality. He he. He was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, run about hour five. We've got a long episode here. I think I'm exhausted to say the least. I, I, I had a great talk. It was fun today. I hope Holden, you enjoyed I did. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. I, I greatly appreciate all the support. I got, let me share the results now. Uh, I'll double check. 45 listens on the first episode and I I literally promoted it the same as I've done for any other podcast so I don't know what it is maybe it's, it's just me but you know if if you're listening I sincerely appreciate it because while I, I just do this for fun obviously having people listen to my listen to my work is awesome so I sincerely appreciate all of it Holden thank you for coming on today it was it was an awesome episode I'm excited for next week's guest who as I mentioned earlier in the episode is a huge Philadelphia sports head we'll talk about all talk about strictly Philadelphia and all Philadelphia sports baseball as well thank you all for listening I'll see you next week stupid